0: Welcome to UX Soup, a short-form podcast that looks beyond the buzzwords to give you the latest developments impacting the user experience, personal devices, services in the home, in the car, and on the go. As always, UX Soup is presented by Strategy Analytics, a global consulting and research firm providing our clients with insights, analysis, and expertise. I'm Lisa Cooper, and I'm joined today by my colleague, Di O'Neill. Welcome, Di.
1: Hi, Lisa. Thanks for having me on today.
0: Oh, I'm looking forward to it. we can have a good discussion today. So today's episode of UXSoup will focus on smart surfaces and materials. We here at Strategy Analytics have been researching this new technology and thought we would have a chat today about it on our podcast. So a little bit of an introduction for those who aren't aware of this technology. Smart surfaces and materials are emerging technologies which can sense environmental changes and automatically respond to them without any interaction from us as users of the materials. So let's chat about the current use cases and future applications of smart services and materials and how they can benefit various industry. So let's get into it, Di. Um, so you've been the main author of this report that we've done on smart materials and surfaces. Um, I was just wondering in your research what HMI advantages you have found to integrating smart surfaces inside the car?
1: Okay, thanks Lisa. So I think to start just to say in almost every application um, the purpose of a smart surface or textile um, is to save space, save cost or simply to just simplify the process that it's there for. So within transportation and specifically within cars Autonomous vehicles are moving the vehicular use cases away from only driving um, and Mm -hmm. cars are becoming more of an environment that allows relaxation, communication and work while travelling. so this has an impact on uh, consumer demands for connectivity. um, And also we're seeing that design trends are moving more towards minimalistic, sleek and buttonless cockpits, particularly in favour of touchscreens. So what this means is that the smart services have the potential to bring many advantages, um, one of them being aesthetically more pleasing to fit this uh, minimalistic trend. Um, yeah. So very much the removal of the mechanical dials, the removal of physical buttons. So uh, smart services can replace the dedicated hardware for lighting or light housing, the buttons or switches that would perhaps be um, in the central console, can now be moved to, to where they need to be placed. Um, so for example, the same functionality that required a button uh, can now be moved to the door of a vehicle uh, where perhaps the, the passenger or the the driver's hand would naturally rest and the function would be there. And I think they they build it in so that um, it can light up or disappear as and when it's required. Um, yeah. So it's it's this sleek, very minimalistic look. Um you have the HMI and automation placement. So basically the way that the the technology is going, you any surface can be smart and replace the, the buttons that would ordinarily be there. So uh I think the real estate within a car can be uh quite important and obviously it's a smaller space, so by being able to put the buttons where you need the, the, the sorry the functions where they need to be, you create more space within the rest of the vehicle. And then the last benefit as well is the weight and energy saving uh within the vehicle. So um if you're removing all the physical buttons and um hardware, you actually create a vehicle that's much lighter um, and therefore requires less fuel to, to move forward.
0: So by removing all of these physical buttons, is there an issue with distraction? Are, are, are people able to locate those buttons easily, those functions easily? Is that a problem or are we, is it just that this is being driven towards more of an autonomous vehicle use case?
1: Um, I think that safety in that respect is an issue uh, because, you know, with touchscreens in cars, while they're very popular, because there's no um, immediate response to know that you've hit the right part of the touchscreen. I think one of the, the big issues is the fact that drivers do look away and they, you know, there's, there's no physical touch point, which says that you're touching the right button or the right part of the screen. Um, so I think that that is an issue with when people are driving. However, you're right. The the way we're moving towards the autonomous vehicle and the use cases of the vehicle are changing. So it's not just about driving a car anymore. It's the relaxation. It's the working um, while they're physically in the car traveling to where they work. I think this is where the smart services really come into their own.
0: Right. Uh, do you have any examples of use cases for the smart services in the car?
1: I think within vehicles, basically, they're putting the functionality within perhaps the, more of the fabric of the doors. So where the function is, it will light up and it will bring um, a touch sensitive. It has touch sensitive sensors uh, under the, the fabric of the car so that you would then touch them to be able to, to change the lighting, uh, to right, change right. The, um, the HVAC.
0: So Di, I also um, have heard that smart surfaces have been used in buildings um, do you have a couple of examples where where you found that and, um, and the advantages also?
1: Yeah. So uh, one of the main uh, uses of smart surfaces in buildings would be to generate energy, um, particularly through photovoltaic panels. Um, these can either be built to be integrated with the building or they can be retrofitted onto the building. I mean, the obvious benefits there are it's safe, clean, and free energy, um especially in cities where there is a lot of sunshine um yeah. I think it makes perfect sense to um have them on the roof of buildings. Yeah. Um, other things perhaps within the building would be real-time occupancy monitoring in offices. Um, and again, this brings in um, efficiencies of energy use. Um, so if you can monitor occupancy, then only lighting or um, heating can be on in certain parts of the building. Um, and it can all be also be sent, um, set to the capacity of the people in there. So obviously, more people would generate more heat. The heating would, could be Um, set slightly lower, or if there are fewer people in, then the heating can be set slightly higher. They're also looking to build sensors into into floors, Um, and the advantage of those is that you can really understand then the throughput through a building, so you can um, identify areas where people congregate or where there are bottlenecks, so actually you can reconfigure the layout of the offices to make them, again, more efficient so people can move through them more easily.
0: So it sounds like um, this is really important to digital twins, digital twin cities and smart cities, because then they can use this for crowd control, things like that,
1: yeah, Exactly. Um, flows that. of people. Yeah, I was going to say one of the, the main use cases then is that all these, uh, the elements of smart surfaces or materials, um, they can all build into this concept of a smart city. Um, so obviously to accommodate the increasing demands on energy and infrastructure, Yeah, they can. These smart solutions can provide insight in real time um, and really allow organisations to maximise efficiency and reduce costs. Um, And that can be from energy that can be from, you know, throughput of people just moving around the city where areas need extra help. Like you say, like creating bottlenecks or monitoring traffic flow. Um, So, yes, I think it's, you know, these smart services can bring in, you know, massive benefits to digital twins. Definitely.
0: Be interesting to see if we'll see more of this on the consumer side, on a smaller scale.
1: Um, absolutely. Uh, my my next example of smart services that I was going to say actually is about smart glass and um, smart glass can bring many um, advantages to the interior and also the exterior of the building. So if you have smart yeah. glass, then it can, um, can change its opaqueness depending on how bright uh, the sunshine is, so it can provide dynamic shading. Um, but then into te- in the interior of a building it can it has benefits to do with style um, flexible use of space uh, privacy and then safety when required so privacy glass which is essentially glass that you can switch or make opaque by the switch of a button there's different types mm. of it but that's one of the di- design solutions um within residential off or office settings um where it's an open plan office with the glass petitions, you can have it open plan so the light can shine through and people appreciate the space and openness of that. Uh, But when you want to have a meeting, you can switch this privacy glass on and you can create a private room in the corner of the office, which, you know, you can have your meeting in without being disturbed then by what's going on in the rest of the office space. Um, I think it's used in hotels. So smaller hotels with small rooms where they have literally like a shower box in the corner. Obviously, you can have the uh, glass switched on or off so that you can have the privacy of having the shower or the bathroom. But you can then create more space by, you know, switching the glass off again um, to let the light flow through the room. Have they used
0: this in cars all do you know or not?
1: um I think they do use it in cars um particularly for dynamic shading um so the the uh, the sunroof um would be reactive to light or you can um you can set it to basically what you want to do as well uh temperature control projecting images things like that um hospitals use smart glass um for privacy um around bays so at the moment I think a lot of hospitals have those flimsy material um partitions that don't really do anything mm. for anybody and they're not actually that private. Um, but yeah. I think the, one of the biggest problems with those is that they also harbour superbugs. Um, so they're very difficult to keep clean and disinfect. So one of the main benefits of smart glass within a hospital is being able to clean and sanitise it very relatively easily.
0: So in that setting, then I imagine uh, smart fabrics are also very useful, correct?
1: Um, in a healthcare absolutely. setting. So within health, so if we talk about healthcare and infection control in healthcare, um, I think it's actually a combination of smart services um, and smart coatings, which really have the most health benefits. I mean, if you can replace material with a physical partition that you can then sanitize, then obviously that massively reduces the potential for infection. The smart, so we've talked about smart glass, smart fabrics, um can be have health benefits in terms of monitoring patients but we can talk about that in a in a second but also then the smart coatings if they're antiviral or they have self-cleaning properties um especially where there is a high throughput of people or within hospitals where you need to be able to clean and sanitize it just helps keep the infection to an absolute minimum obviously yeah in the Covid world that we live in, um, I think much more focus is now onto these antiviral coatings, uh, particularly in um, public transport, ride sharing, ride hailing, taxis, anywhere where people are reluctant to travel because they're not sure that, you know, the areas are sanitised properly before they then get into them.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So in terms of healthcare then, Would a smart patch be considered a a smart fabric also, something that people wear that's a patch that can detect multiple biometrics, is that considered a smart Um, fabric
1: also? I think smart fabrics would be slightly different to smart patches. So smart patches would perhaps be more like a wearable device, but the difference is that it's stuck physically to the skin rather than a wearable device, which would be like a wristwatch uh with a sensor mm-hmm. at the bottom of the the watch which is then strapped to the wrist so these ones would be like more like a plaster um yeah. they're used for things like continuous glucose monitoring blood pressure monitoring pulse oximeters um ecg monitoring and these have direct um benefits for population health and chronic conditions, Um, particularly I think we're seeing an increase in diabetes, cardiac disorders, obesity, cancer um, and smart patches can really help with patient monitoring both inside and outside of the hospital. Um, So I think there's a a massive benefit of being able to be in your house uh, to recover or to manage your disease rather than having to be in the very clinical hospital setting. Um, so things like that have, can have great advantages. Which brings me on to um, medical devices in general uh, present very good use cases to be smart because they can help people in their own home rather than putting pressure on hospitals to have patients being continually monitored within those settings. So medical devices so smart medical devices can be used to track and predict health status of users Um, it can provide information for early stage diagnosis um, but it can also provide information for disease prevention so Mm -hmm. actually get the person to change their behaviors or help them in some way to actually stop them from getting the disease in the first place um, I think rolling into this then is the uh, the 5G wireless networks and the IoT frameworks play a massive part, particularly in the medical in smart medical devices, because it means that the ty- this type of information can be collected while the patient's on the move or, like I say, in their own home.
0: Through a smart fabric or?
1: Uh, well, these would be more the the medical, the smart medical devices. So it smart would be more like device. a smart hatch, I would say. Um right. Smart right. fabrics would be more... Uh, for example, like smart clothing for firefighters. Um, so within the very uh, specific uh, suits that they wear, obviously, it's a highly dangerous situation that they're in, the suits that they wear can basically monitor the vital signs of the firefighter. So for things like heat stress, or just, you know, stress in general. So if they're getting to a point where they're, they themselves are panicking, or they're in an environment where actually they they need to be removed from it. Um, an alert can be sent through to them, or obviously they'll be in constant radio contact, won't they?
0: So it can so it can detect environmental um, stresses as well as their biometrics at the same time.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly that. And it would help them in challenging temperatures, basically. Um, yeah, I think it would then. You know, you could put limits on it. Basically, what they can and can't do. So if it gets to a point where actually they need to be removed and they're not, they don't realise that they are going into a situation which they shouldn't be in. Um, yeah, you know, I think the, there's a control centre. So the control centre will have a much better handle on how their, how the firefighters are working. So oh, I think, go. sorry, I was going to say, and then like there's there's also smart fabrics. From kind of a consumer, like an everyday point of view. I think Levi's have uh, recently made a jacket where the portion of the sleeve got turned into a touch sensitive remote control for smartphones. So you have your smartphone in your pocket, it connects with Bluetooth and then uh, through hand gestures you can interact with your phone just by wearing this denim jacket.
0: That's out now, is it?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) A height (laughs) of laziness. I think. (laughs) Although it. you might look a bit silly just wafting your hand up and down your sleeve, but you can interact <laughs> with your smartphone. <laughs> I think I would feel a bit
0: like that. So it all sounds very interesting. It's got lots of lots of use cases, lots of different advantages. There doesn't seem to be many disadvantages, really. Although I imagine battery power can be an issue.
1: Yeah. So I think with all, and um, particularly for the health um, smart. Uh, surface or material use cases is being able to power these devices that will be this problem Um, so smart devices within healthcare they externally you know I think it'd be fairly obvious and fairly easy to either recharge or replace batteries Um, but there are use cases of embedded devices and the biggest barrier to the proliferation of smart medical devices being able to power them um, I think there are there's much more research into promoting the development of self-powered implantable systems, um, and they are working to harvest um, energy from the body itself, which would then be able to power these, d- these devices which are embedded um, over a longer period of time. Um, that would be
0: life-changing.
1: It, w- it absolutely would be life-changing if they can work out how to do that. Uh, well, they have worked out, I think it's just making it um, scalable. Yeah. But but saying that about battery um, life, I know as uh, a group, we recently did work on smartwatch and fitness band uh, feature prioritisation. And I think this fits really nicely into this conversation uh, because a lot of people are now wanting to integrate health tracking and monitoring into wearable devices. So these everyday devices that they pick up and put on, they want to know more about their own their own health and their own health statistics. So, the the demand is there, but what we need to yeah. do is work out how to improve the battery life of those uh, smartwatch and fitness bands. Um, I yeah. think that's that's the one area that needs the most work at the moment. But if you can fix battery life, um, then I think you would consumer demand would would go even higher than it is now.
0: Absolutely. Okay. Well, now it's time for condensed soup. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> so if you could have any smart surface or smart fabric what would you have it do in your life like what would you want to use it for if you could do anything
1: anything in your life what would help you the most yeah i think smart surfaces. i mean it all it's they provide the ability to gather information from the environment so um if you've got sensors around your house then really um they can gather all this information to learn about your habits and your lifestyle um, and ultimately help automate life. So as you walk into a room, it knows at nine o'clock in the morning that I want to listen to a certain radio station, I want a certain light put on. So it's being able to have that sort of thing just automated. And it's more than, you know, I think there are lots of smart devices that you can have in your home already. But it's having things done for you without you having to think or set it up in the first place so it's you know it's it's machine learning um yeah and for me I think it's you know walking into my office and not having to put my lights on or having the radio station you know it's it's having that done for me but it knows to do it at certain times as you know dependent on my my schedule um one one thing I would love to have would be smart light switches because my kids cannot turn the light off to save their life um, <laughs> so you know if there's no one in the room then the light goes off um yeah you know th- simple things like that i'm sure would help me massively i quite like the idea of smart glass on the windows you know so at night time it kind of goes dark so you have that privacy automatically rather than necessarily going around in there shutting curtains closing the curtains um but yeah I quite like the idea of the machine learning just you know to do things for you without you then thinking that you need to do them it's done I can see yeah. real benefits from that point of view simple things what about you
0: I think for me I'd love to have a fabric that always kept me at a certain temperature because I get cold really easily ah, okay. so yeah. everywhere I went it would keep me at this certain temperature because really, I should live somewhere really warm and sunny, and, and I don't. So no. I, I would <laughs> I love that.
1: Wrong country.
0: <laughs> yeah, wrong country. Or, alternatively, or in addition to, I would love to have a self-cleaning carpet. So if my animals had an accident or anything like that, or I dropped something on it, wouldn't it be nice if the carpet somehow could clean itself? Mm, yeah. But not not a robot things, vacuum you? <laughs> yeah some way of of being able to not have a stain there you know be able to yeah. heal itself almost if I yeah. could have anything those two things spring to mind I think perfect but thank you Di thank you for joining me today oh
1: thank you for having me
0: If you'd like to chat more about smart services or materials of any kind, or to send us any questions you may have, you can email us at uxsoup, or one word, at strategyanalytics.com. The show notes are on our podcast website, which is ux-soup.com. And there you can find links to our recent research and connect with each of us on LinkedIn. So that's all for now. Bye for now.